Welcome to Revival Recap. I am Seth Dahl here with Renee Evans, who is senior leader at Bethel Austin and preached Saturday night. And yeah. we were texting yesterday a little bit and this morning. Your Saturday message was so loaded. I'm like, we could do 20 revival recaps from this <laughs> so one this sermon. This is part so one of 20. This is part one of 20, <laughs> maybe. I think it was the same as last time where we did the revival recap on you teaching on revivalists. Oh, yeah. And, and then you're like, so no, we much. can't do more because I'm going to preach a whole other sermon yeah. on this. I'm like, oh, man. So yeah. if you have not seen the message, I would encourage you to watch it. It's super important for this time, just everything Renee covered. So we're just going to talk and recap a little bit three or so things that we felt stood out and were really important. But first one is... Um, you talked a little bit about right now political climate versus how we should have our heart posture what you said in there of like you know some people are like why isn't your church talking about politics why aren't you teaching about politics and here's what we feel called to do here's what we are doing here's why we're doing it i thought that was so good and you shared so many thoughts well not so many some very (laughs) powerful thoughts real quickly I do have a lot area. of thoughts in that area but yeah I thought okay. let's talk a little bit about that like I felt like yeah. the whole message was kind of that's why you're preaching this message at this moment was those couple of thoughts but the Matthew verse love yeah. one another the command to love yeah. one another as he loved us yeah and what I pointed out and said I think that we've taken our um, our belief and and I mean it's it is a belief, but it is true as that we are part of you know God's army and that we are supposed to be in this war and that we are fighting on behalf of the kingdom of God. And whilst all of that is true, what we keep needing to put into perspective is a the war is already won, and b how do we effectively fight? And I think so many times we think that um, voicing our opinions and um, going after truth at the expense of hurting people is is battle and but it's just not the way that god has called us to fight you know because we don't fight against flesh and blood Um, and then really looking at it that even though we do have enemies and i went through psalm 23 and kind of like pulled that apart and that was the basis of the the sermon but it says i will set up a table before you in the presence of my enemies and i love that because it doesn't say once the war is over, I will set up a table for you. Yeah. Or, you know, when you get to heaven, there's going to be your table. It says, in the middle of your war, I will set up a table um, and you will eat before your enemies. But we aren't called. Then we fast forward to Matthew, the way in which we are called to treat our enemies. It says that we are to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us. And I think in a day and age where Christians are more concerned about being right than they are about their mandate to love, we have a real problem. You know, yeah. we have we have a big problem in the church if we care more about being right than we do about one another. And I think at the end of the day, like, you know, we have to realize who our enemy is and, and it's not people. And what he's actually trying to do right. is to get people to attack each other and totally. hate each other and and make disagreement yeah the basis of whether or not you have a relationship and so understanding the schemes of the enemy if you're i i would even i know this is very blunt i'm I'm a blunt kind of person but i would even go as far as to say 
if you're slandering people on social media or if you are thinking that in the name of righteousness and justice it's okay to bash people um, on social media then you're not fighting on behalf of God because it's never been our job as believers to judge one another. Um, you're actually playing into the hand of the devil. And I, like that's what he wants. He, ultimately, he wants a church divided. And every single time we make a comment um, on social media or, or in person, we're getting bolder, unfor- fortunately and unfortunately, yes. but bolder in the wrong sense of... Um, saying it to people's face and just slandering them and judging them and casting stones and saying, how can, like, I've even had people say, how can you be a Christian? You know, how can people be Christians if they don't support Trump? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I've had, we, I've had people say, how can you be Christians and support Trump? Yeah. Like it's both, everyone's saying, everyone. everyone's it's like seeing You've got this whole side of the, you know, side of the spectrum who's like, Trump is the devil. And then you got a whole nother side that's saying Biden is the devil. And yeah. it's like neither of them are the devil, you know, and God that's can exactly deal. That's exactly what the devil wants you to think. Exactly. God can do, like win with any hand he's dealt. So whoever is in government, God can still win. And so I think just keeping the main thing the main thing, like now more than ever is a time to love one another, even in the midst of our differences. I think for the church, it's even more important in the midst of our differences to demonstrate to the world that we can love each other even though we don't agree on everything. I think yeah. that's huge. That's yeah. That's what differentiates Christians from the rest of the world because the political yeah. spirit is we don't agree yeah. and so you're wrong, we're right, you're evil, we're good, and you're not in our lives and only people who agree with us are. That's the political leaven that tries to leaven the whole lump. And the kingdom goes, <laughs> yeah. even if we disagree, yeah. we can still love. Love is deeper than agreement. Amen. Yeah. And I think that thing with the devil, like, you know, the devil's name in the Bible is accuser of the brethren. Yeah. Not accuser of the world, not accuser of the sinners, accuser of the brethren. And when Christians step into accusing brothers, they've actually stepped into the very identity of Satan himself. Whoa. And the word accuser means, I didn't mean to go preaching. Oh, that's so good, though. It's so true. But the, the word for accuser is categorio, which is where we get categorized, put in uh, categories. Boxes. So whenever we categorize another brother wow. on something other than being a brother or a sister, whether you're in Biden camp, you're in Trump camp, you're a Democrat, you're a Republican, you're whatever. Yeah. Those are all categories. Those are all those are all leaning into what the devil does as his identity. Yes. Who he is. And and I think like we've I don't know how we've gotten so mixed up, but it's almost like sometimes we're saying, Hey, follow me as I follow Trump or follow me as I follow Biden. But we are never called to say that. Like we don't put our hope in a man. We put our hope in Jesus. And what we should all collectively be saying is follow me as I follow Jesus. And if we truly are following Jesus, then we're operating in love. We're operating in honor. We're not fighting like we're shadow boxing at things of this world. We're going to war, but we're going to war in intercession and prayer. And that's going to be way more effective than any of the opinions that we voice on social media. I mean, yeah, it's such a crazy time sometimes that we, we live use, in. Sometimes we use our voice and our authority on social media instead of in heaven. Like, use our yes. inf- you, we should use yeah. our influence in heaven 
not just here. Yeah, and I hear a lot of people saying, but this is the conviction that I have, and this is like, I feel like this is the righteous thing, that I should be standing up for this, and God needs people to say, firstly, God doesn't need you to do anything, right? I mean, does he want you he to act righteous? and yeah. Right, yeah, he does, but he doesn't need you to win a war. He can win it on his own without us. He just chooses to use us. And so I think, I mean, it is this time where we're kind of debating, like, should I voice my opinions and my convictions? And my, my, I guess, encouragement to the church is if your opinions and your convictions um, disable you from leading with empathy and compassion, then those convictions are not from God. Because Jesus, first and foremost, was moved by compassion. And so, yes, people bring into context, but he flipped tables in the temple. And I was like, yeah, he did do that. And he got mad and you were, it's okay to get mad, but he didn't direct it upon, he directed it upon the religious people, not upon the true followers of Christ. And so if we aren't to be religious people, but we are to be true followers of Christ, then I just, ah, Sorry, I've got so much to say on this. I know, like... But we've just got to keep the main thing, the main thing, and... That's the whole point of the psalm, Psalm 23, that you were talking about, is the Lord is my shepherd. I'm following him, period. Yeah. I follow Jesus, and and there's there's times where Jesus flips tables, and there's times there's Jesus eating with the very same people and having conversation with them, and they're trying to kill him, and he's still there reaching out to them he's yeah. still there the power of the lord is present to heal they're all sitting right there are they pulling on the healing no yeah. are they pulling on the miracles no are they pulling on him no however he's still there teaching he's still there talking he's not always flipping tables but he's not and he was about his father's business because if we begin to even touch on the political environment that jesus lived in i mean we think we have it bad in america i mean he you just have to read your bible <laughs> to see how bad the political environment was when Jesus was alive. And you don't see him going and fighting with opinions. How he fought was through love and demonstrating the kingdom of God. Like he kept the main thing, the main thing, and didn't get caught up in in the things of the world, you know? Yeah. All right, let's, um, this is so good. Oh my gosh, I have so many things to talk about. Here's my favorite line from the whole sermon. It totally goes along with what we were just saying. Um, follow me as I follow Jesus. If you want a church to tell, this is in context of churches saying, you're not talking about politics. You're not telling us what you think. You're not telling us all this stuff. If you want a church to tell you what to think and who to vote for, you don't want a church. You want a cult. And that's that's my favorite line of the whole sermon. <laughs> just because it's like, Bethel's heart from Reading to Austin is we want you to learn how to think, not tell you what to think. Yeah. We want to be okay with the disagreement. We want to be okay with talking through stuff and and anything else. That's that's where you get a cult is to go, here's how you're supposed to think, here's what you're supposed to vote for, here's da 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 and, and yeah. you eliminate all conversation and only follow me. Like, wait, no, we're only following Jesus and we're not trying to build a cult where we tell you what to do all the time. Yeah, and and part of, I think, the church's responsibility, therefore the leaders of churches, 
their responsibility is to teach people how to think, not what to think. And, and what I mean by how to think, it's like giving, you know, good biblical teaching on the kingdom. Like, let's be kingdom-minded. Let's, let's act in a way that we're honoring people. Let's think in that like, way. And so we're, we're trying to lay foundations of like, hey, here's how to think, like with an eternal perspective, with the kingdom in mind, with honor. But here's, we're not going to tell you what to think. Like, I just have no desire to control people in that way. And I know Joaquin doesn't either. And it's not what we're called to do. We're not called to control people um, but we are controlled to, we are we are called to just create a safe place for everyone um, continually pointing to truth which is Jesus not a political party we're continually trying to point to truth but we're not here to tell people what to think and that doesn't mean that we're void of opinions you know like yeah. every person on our leadership team maybe except for me voted in this last election i'm not allowed to vote that's the only reason that i didn't yeah. not because i didn't want to um and so we all have our own political opinions but that's we're not called to make people follow our political opinions and jesus yeah. said to the disciples beware of the leaven of Herod and the Pharisees. Beware of the leaven of the political spiritual influence, political spirit influence, and the religious spirit influence. He's like, hey, that religious thing, not going to be good. Hey, that political thing, not going to be good. Yeah. Pharisees, Herod, you want one leaven only, the leaven of the kingdom. And I think just watching all along, I've said this to Joaquin, I've watched this all along the last year of doing revival recaps of like, wow, Every sermon is like, hey, jump tracks, get on the other track. The devil's trying to steal, kill, destroy. Jesus is trying to give life and life more abundant. Yeah. Hey, the storms are raging, look at Jesus. Hey, da, 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 da. like every message has been, look at Jesus, look at Jesus, look at Jesus. And that's just, this is just a continuation of like, hey, we have a shepherd, we're following him, we're his sheep, let's go. Let's yeah. beware of these other things that are trying to get us, trying to influence our thinking, and let's stick with the kingdom. Totally. And I think at the end of the day, like I trust the God in you. I trust that you're listening to Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is guiding you. And so I had people came up at the end of this sermon and say, oh my gosh, I'm a Democrat. And this is the first time in a Christian circle I've felt, I've wow. felt safe. And I'm like, wow, what, that's not good. I mean, yay, I'm glad they feel safe, but it's not good that our brothers and sisters who vote for a different political party than some of us do like it's not good that they don't feel safe in our environment like yeah. you know and i shared this as well we have people in our leadership team and we voted for different people you know and we still love each other because we're putting the kingdom above love. politics and i think at the end of the day like you can get caught up in the things of this world or you can get caught up in heaven and you may think you're being really um I don't know, proactive, or you may think you're being really righteous or executing justice if you do get caught up in this political realm, but it's really a distraction because what the enemy wants is a whole church divided and he wants people more focused on the battle that's happening here and not the battle that's happening in the heavens because that's the battle that matters. And, you know, I say to people, we, we receive criticism like you just do in leadership you know no matter what you believe you're never going to please anyone I was talking with a friend this morning and I'm like man I'm so glad that I've I've had 
three years, it hasn't been long, but three years of leading a church, four years with the pre-launch, um, but of leading this church before this political stuff erupted. Because, yeah. you know, when I used to receive criticism, I was like, it would send me into a bit of a spiral. I'm like, oh my gosh, is that me? I like, is am I what they're saying I am and they're what they're accusing me of? Am I, you know, and it would send me in this tailspin, but I'm so thankful that I've gotten to this place with the Lord where I'm able to still humbly submit that criticism mm -hmm. to the Lord and be like, is this right? Like, is what this person's saying right? And if they are, then God work in my heart and correct me. But if they're not, like, it's so much easier to be Let able to be like, move on. you know what? I'm going to move on because this this doesn't feel like it's the Holy Spirit and remaining teachable. And I know I was talking about it, but that whole the rod and the staff in yeah. Psalms. Yeah. So many of us, and I've been in this place too, where we say we're teachable. But the moment that someone comes against our convictions and our opinions is when we put those walls up and we say, actually, I'm only teachable to those who think like me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually only teachable if you agree with me, because the moment that someone disagrees with you, we will often, you know, push them out, even sometimes subconsciously. But, yeah. you know, when he talks about the staff, that's actually a tool of correction. And so I just am imploring believers, like let's remain under the protection of God, but under the correction of God in this well, I think season. It's, I think it's interesting that he throws both of them in there. Yeah. Your rod and your staff, they come from me. He doesn't just say your rod that protects me, comforts me. I'm not just comforted by your protection. I'm actually, my, your protection is directly connected to your correction yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Like, hey, you fell off the cliff. Let me hook your neck, bring you up here, carry you around. Hey, you wandered off. Let me go find you and bring yeah. you back. Um, let me go correct you. And at the same time, that is where the protection is, is in the correction. Yeah. I think it's interesting true. that they're both right there together. And it's a very hard, it's very hard. It's one of those like, it's easier said than done to totally. remain, to, to want correction. Um, because, you know, if you're in church leadership as well, or any form of leadership, and you've heard a lot of people say, I want correction, like I want accountability. But it's very different when you actually give them the accountability that mm -hmm. they don't want, just to watch the hearts of people respond. And I think that the more we can respond with grace and humility in this season uh, and be teachable to what Holy Spirit's saying, but also some of the people in our lives like who we're accountable to, you know, yeah. I just think it's a big deal. I, I have this love-hate relationship with social media. Me too. I mean, it's good for so, it's so many good reasons. It's so crazy. The whole premise of it, I think it's brilliant. Like, I love it. But I just think we've become so much harsher. Like, and my, my question to believers is, like, would you say what you're saying in a comment to someone's face? And also, before we just, like, slander people for what they believe or what their opinions are, like, have you sat with that person? Like, do you actually know that person? Because I know I have a friend back in Reading who put something up recently and it, you know, and she just got torn apart. And all these people saying, I know you because I've listened to your music and I've, I've followed Bethel. And so I yes, know you know and I'm like, you don't know them. You've never sat down and had coffee with them. You've never seen them in the midst of a trial yeah. and the character that they've walked in. Like, so don't, don't assume that you know people based on social media and that you have the freedom to throw these harsh 
criticisms when we don't know people just yeah. because they live a public life on social media. Exactly. My I've been gosh. on like a seven week social media fast, like detox. I just posted for the first time, I think like a day ago or two. And I'm like, this is amazing. I'm heavily considering fully oh. leaving social media altogether. Oh, it's been a breath of I, fresh air. Yeah, I, I stopped at the beginning before, of December yeah. and I'm like, man, I just, I just haven't been around for the last six weeks and it was the best decision I could have made for my spirit. Yeah. Like not remaining ignorant on what is going around, yeah. you know, happening, but man, it's been good for me. All right, one more thing. Just Sorry, I'm going on all these it's tangents. Okay. It's good. We're <laughs> recapping. And you really need to watch this message because there's so much more to it. We're not even getting close to. We're only unpacking a tiny little part. Um, but because of all this climate and everything that's happening, I think the part you talked about, um, he leads me beside still waters. He um, leads me. Makes me lay makes down. Makes me lie green down pastures. in green pastures. Mm -hmm. The green pastures part to me was super huge just because there's so much happening it can feel right now like you showed the pictures of the 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 fields in that area the the pastures in that area are only lush three months of the year nine months it's pretty sparse it's pretty scarce yeah. and so you talked about and i think a lot of us a lot of people can feel like that right now like dude it's sparse it's scarce this feels like a wilderness everything feels like a wilderness and but we'd still have a shepherd that's going to find green pastures no matter if it's been raining yeah. and it's abundant grass everywhere no matter if it's grass sticking out of the rock yeah. like that picture you showed all that stuff i thought was super good but i think just let's encourage everyone go out with a good note of like hey um he, he makes us lie down by green pastures yeah so you can find the green pastures yeah anywhere so even that imagery like it's used in one context as of rest you know he will make us lie down he will make us rest so in the midst of turmoil if you allow him to again psalm 23 again the analogy of the shepherd it's only if you are following jesus that this is applicable or if you are allowing jesus to lead you but if you are, then he's going to create a place of rest for you in the midst of this turmoil. And, you know, I think one of the things that Seth was just bringing up in terms of the Negev Desert in Israel, where this, the context of this biblical story takes place, this analogy and where David is writing from, like if we, if we flip it and think not just like our version of these green pastures, getting what we want when we want it. Because I always... Turning on the sprinklers yeah. and making sure the grass is always in yeah. full force. I always interpreted that scripture as like more like a, a field in Montana or something, right? Where it's just green and lush all the time. But, you know, knowing that we'll never lack because the very line before he makes me lie down in green pastures yeah. is I shall not lack. Yeah. So you will not lack if you are following Jesus, but our interpretation of the green pastures needs to be correct. And it can't just be this um, thought that we'll get everything that we want when we want it. And we're just surrounded by abundance all the time. Um, but actually it's more to do with the faithfulness of our shepherd, that he will lead us into these places where we can find refreshing for our spirit and our soul, no matter the climate. So, you know, it's almost like 2020 and even the beginning of 2021 is that nine months of the year where there's like not a lot of lush grass, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but we just we have to remain 
trusting of our Father, of our Good Shepherd, that He will give us what we need when we need it. And um, I love that. Another thing I just wanted to point out, because I think this is super encouraging, is that whole, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Um, I love that because when I was doing this study, I was listening and I'm like, you know, it's not um, as I walk through the valley of death. It's as I walk shadow. through the shadow of the valley of death. And the shadow has no substance. Yeah. Just like the shadow of a dog can't bite you, the valley of the shadow of death can't kill you. And so you may feel like you're in this valley right now, but I want to encourage you. God is not done with you. There is still so much more he has for you. You will make it out on the other side. Like it may be uncomfortable. It may be painful. There may be grief in this season that you've experienced. I know for us personally, we lost someone very dear to us in this season um, through COVID, through the pandemic. And we know that this is real, but the thing that we as believers have, which the world doesn't, is we have someone who is walking through this hard time yes, with us, yes. who is providing <laughs> for us. Um, and so just, I think now more than ever, we have this beautiful opportunity as believers to fully learn what it means to trust God. Because it's, it's one thing to trust Him in seasons of abundance, yeah. but then it's another thing to trust Him in seasons of the valley of the shadow of death. And even another thing to trust Him in seasons where we don't feel like we're getting what we need when we want it, you know? It's so interesting. You got like the green pastures, valley of the shadow of death, the war uh, prepares a table before you in the present. There's so many different yeah. scenes laid out here. And the whole time the shepherd is leading, the shepherd's providing, the shepherd's watching out, taking yeah. care of. I, I think that it. the whole <clears throat> psalm is an overview of our Christian life. Yeah. Like we begin by following Jesus as our shepherd and he provides for us the whole way. He continually leads us faithfully. We may have hard times, but he's with us. We are engaged in a war, but he is with us. And then at the end, you know, we go on to glory and we reside in the house of the Lord forever, which isn't just reserved for when we die, but cultivating his presence here on earth is us dwelling in his house. And so I think it's just, it's the bookends of these beautiful promises. Like there's some sketchy, scary stuff that happens in the mm-hmm. middle. Like it's called life, you know, mm-hmm. it happens to everyone. But the beauty of this psalm is like, it is us from the beginning of our salvation to the very end of our salvation and everything in between yeah. is really covered in this, in this scripture. I love it. Yeah. So <laughs> this is just a brief overview recap of Saturday. Please go watch it if you haven't already. Listen to it. Oh, and then there was light. And then there was light. Um, (laughs) You can watch it on Facebook. I think it will also be on YouTube. YouTube, yeah. So join us there. Also join us at BethelATX.com. But we will see you somewhere soon, either online or in person at one of our services. Love you guys. Love you. Thanks for joining us.